Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside my trusty sidekick, Dwayne Drum. What's going on, Dwayne? Not much, man. Just chilling like a villain, uh, enjoying the day. Temperatures are going down, but it's it's a slow, gradual I mean, come down, so it's nice and smooth. Normally, mm. Chicago is just 85 one day and, and 33 degrees the next day. That's only how <laughs> it is, but it looks like it's coming down slow. Yeah, it's here in Pennsylvania. It's it's uh, Tuesday now. By Friday, they won 80. And it's, it, this is the middle of October. It's just insane for how warm we typically have a good frost by now. And it just hasn't hit us. So what are you going to do? So uh, you've been up flying at all? Um, no, I have not. I've been forcing myself to study for the test. So I've been staying in the books and reading and studying and like purposely doing this because, you know, I can fly my ass off and I'll fly every day if I can. But I got to study for these tests. You know, I got to get the yeah. test right. I got to know the knowledge. Got to know how to land it or which runway to land on or how to talk to them. So I got to get that information down pat before I go up and spin it around the earth again. Exactly. You don't want to land it on the wrong side yourself? of the plane. <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, man, everything's been good, been running, been uh, boxing a lot now and really starting to get into some of the footwork and technique and, uh, you know, coaches have been really fun and, and interesting and yeah, not nearly as sore as I was the first uh, couple of rounds in. So uh, I'm definitely growing quickly, which is making me really excited. But uh, yeah. Good to go. You're More still things. remembering my name, so you're doing well. That's right. So <laughs> names, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. <Nice> <laughs> So today, everyone, we have a special guest on. She's from Longmont, Colorado. Both Dwayne and I have known her for for many years now, but uh, she's really a great spirit, good heart. Uh, she runs successful practice out in that area doing outdoor living spaces. Uh, she owns TLC Gardens, TLC Steel, TLC Mobile. They've got a whole franchise out there, different things they're doing. And uh, it's really fun to see her growing and, and uh, contributing. So without any further ado, Sherry Stringer, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me out here, Josh. It's so great to see you guys just hanging out together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to today's talk. And uh, your audience is amazing. I know I've been watching your podcast and everybody's joining. It's just really lively. That's awesome. Hey. I appreciate it for sure. Um, so I know you mentioned, you've been telling me along the way, your journey to uh, to running this yeah. uh, Spartan. So tell me a little bit about how the Spartan went for you and, and tell the audience a little bit how this was for you for a couple minutes. Oh, yeah. The Spartan Beast. I just did the Spartan Beast. So in the beginning of the year, I actually couldn't run a mile. That's the story. Like, wow. you know, years ago I trained and, you know, trained well, you know, I did all the stuff you do, cardio and bodybuilding and all that. And I, you know, I ate, you know, I eat well and all that, but, uh, I had kind of, you know, kind of slacked off a little bit in terms of my, my physical, um, you know, endurance. And I really wanted the mindset, you know, because I use it all the time in my work and mm -hmm. my business and leadership. 
And ironically, I had a friend who just invited me and he was like, hey, you want to do the Spartan? And I was like, well, it sounds like fun. Let's do it, you know, as a team. And I went and I did, it was a hundred degree weather and it was just a short one. And um, it, it, it fueled all the other rituals, all my, all my rituals that I had had, it, it fueled them and solidified them. Like, you know, all of my rituals that I get up early in the morning and, you know, go for a jog or a walk and it just made those rituals solidified mm-hmm. um in a more concrete way because i know i had a goal right to oh my god i'm gonna have to run this 10k and i'm gonna have to do all these obstacles so yeah. i started practicing for that once i did one i was like wow this is so much fun it takes grit it takes determination it takes an inner game where you really have to you know, kind of walk yourself through these really hard obstacles and lots of times you fail and you have to do the burpees. So from there, I was like, let's go. And I signed up for a bigger one because I was so excited by that one. And the beast that I just finished this weekend was a beast. We're talking about 14,000 feet in the air. We're talking about 5,000 feet elevation gain, half marathon, 30 obstacles and innumerable amount of burpees. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, and I meet the people that have the same mindset, you know, yep. I meet people that have determination and they have strength of will and they have discipline and they have a, a good attitude, you know, just a good approach to things and a, a, a wanting to just figure out what's the best way to get through this obstacle, but laughing the whole way and enjoying it and just being around those people like fuels me too. Absolutely. You know? And I got to hang out with them. So it was, it was really awesome. Now, Sherry, do you, how do you train for these events? <laughs> well, my training is probably a little different than other people's because I really go after just like training the base. So like I did my cardio for six, um, six weeks where I did the math tone formula. So I did 180 minus my age. And that means you have to be really, really patient. And that's why I started laughing because I'm like fast, you know, I'm like quick, 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 quick. I like to be really efficient and I had to really slow down. Because at the heart rate that I was training at, which is aerobic, so that you can become fat adapted, so I don't need to eat a lot, you know, while I'm racing, I don't need to supplemental food, and I wanted to do that, then you can walk. You can't really jog. And so I'd be like, I can do it, you know, I can run a 10 minute mile, right, or an eight minute mile, but I can't do it at this um, heart rate. So I had to really slow down, and I was like walking, and then I jog, and my heart rate would go up, and I'd have to walk again. It was really, like at first it was really frustrating, but it taught me to slow down and it taught me to plan out bigger slots of time for me. And I started doing trail runs and I started loving it. I'd be out there for four or five hours running. Mm, that's awesome. You know, but, but the impact on my body was less. And then you, mm. then you, you have to do a lot of grip work. You have to do a lot of upper body work because yep. a lot of the obstacles are climbing over walls and, you know, climbing, you know, doing bar work and, you know, throwing spears and mm-hmm. lifting, you know, atlas balls and dragging things, you know. So there's a lot of upper body strength that's required. And that's great for me, too, because it's not something you normally would train for. Right? Absolutely. You go for a run and do yep. a few push-ups. You don't intentionally train. That's really awesome to so hear. So I did. Yeah. That's what I did. Yep. Yeah. And I did. I wasn't rigid about it yep. uh, because I wanted to make sure I wasn't, my body stayed in a non-inflammation state. So yeah. That's huge. It was pretty disciplined, but also not at the same time. 
No, it's, it's incredible for sure. And, uh, you know, and that translates right in the business when it comes to that determination, yeah. that, uh, the mindset side of things, getting everything lined up and, you know, yeah. you translate it, whether you're physically exerting yourself over obstacles or whether you're mentally observing, you know, getting yourself over obstacles in a daily basis in your business, there's really not a whole lot of difference. You have to have the mindset yeah. to know you can conquer it regardless if it's physical or mental or a combination yeah. of both. And, you know, by constantly proving to yourself, you can do these things. Yeah. My goodness, nothing is is impossible at that point. That's one of the big things. So, yeah. um, so how did Sherry tell us a little bit about how you got into this industry? How you started, uh, you know, outside building yeah. awesome spaces? Oh yeah, that's a crazy story because I had another life um, as a scientist. I had a molecular biology degree, and I was heading towards having my own lab. And I got invited to a landscape advisory task force, mm. and I ended up on a task force. It was for islands in the neighborhood. And uh, I ended up, like, as I usually do, I ended up taking over everything and, mm-hmm. and running the whole thing. It was like, oh, you can get better pricing or you do designs. And at that point, I had done a lot of, um, you know, my own work in the outdoor living environment, but not as a, not as a professional, not for other people, just for my, myself. Um, I came from an architectural family, too. So I grew up, you know, drafting boards and architectural plans, and architectural detail for generations. So I guess it just came sort of second nature to me that as soon as I got into that and started doing it, the project was really successful. I was like, I I want to do this. I want to I want to run a business in this. And yeah. I just jumped in. I just, you know, was like, well, all I need to do is sell a design and I need to find somebody to work with. And I knew nothing really about the industry. And in the course of the last 20 years, I taught myself everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, the first few clients, they, I mean, they, they helped me make, make my, really my profession and my career because they were incredibly open and they were incredibly excited about working with me, even though, you know, I didn't have, say, what would be standard credentials, right? I was just really excited. I was passionate about it. And I brought that energy. And that was probably the one of the first energy, the lessons that I learned. It was like, wow, you know, just bring the energy, the passion, the the enthusiasm you have for it, because then people feel heard and they feel seen and they, they want to engage with that. Yeah. Sure, Sherry, sure, let's back up a little bit. You were yeah. molecular, molecular biology. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. So yeah. you went to school yeah. and like you had your own lab and everything? I was working towards my own lab. I was in a PhD program. Okay. Um, for getting a PhD in molecular biology. Wow. And I was in the middle of, you know, writing all the research papers and entering in the PhD part of my program when all this happened. And I was like, you know, I don't think I want to write. A, I don't want to run a lab. I don't want to write for grants. I thought that's where I wanted to lead people and empower them mm-hmm. was in science. So you're and like a doctor. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. dang. You're a freaking doctor. I'm a freaking doctor, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. How'd you do that and go to landscape? I mean, you're probably studying <laughs> well, the, the color you know, of the plants. You probably know when the, the time they grow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. I, crazy I bet like, you can you see know, a I plant breathe. <laughs> you can probably see a plant breathe, you know, like he's breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and anything gets, it gets even worse when it gets into slope because I'll be like, you know, I'll be with my team and I'll be like, you know how to calculate a 3% slope, right? And it's this many inches per 100 feet. And then if you only have 25 feet, then it's this. And you could just see him kind of glaze over, like, oh, yeah. 
Can you just give me the detail? Like, how many yeah. inches do you just Tell me what to do. Wow. <laughs> I'm trying to teach them, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're going to have you work on Mars. Like, when they start sending to, like, you remember Inspiration 4? You see that? You're about oh, to get yeah. a job. You're about to get a job for Elon. They're going to send you to Mars because you can get them up there and grow some plants on freaking Mars. God dang. Up there, right? doctor yeah. in this landscape field? I mean, Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I use some skills all the time, you know, to dissect yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really yeah. cool. And uh, so you said you've been doing this about 20 years. Have it been through TLC or have you yeah. transitioned or how has yeah. that been? Yeah, it's been TLC the whole way. Cool. Um, but TLC has gone through many more metamorphoses. And of course, now it's about to transition to another one called Solid Ground, where it's evolving into another entity. Um, but it's it's been a journey, you know, like there's all these different layers. Like I remember when I first started, it was like, I was trying to figure out, okay, what are the products and services that I'm going to deliver? Right. And how am I going to do And how much am I going to charge? And how am I going to charge? Right. When you're first starting out, you don't have, you just don't know. You're like, I don't know how I should be approaching clients. You don't have any processes in place. Um, and I had to, you know, kind of develop the processes with the clients and, and figure out, okay, well, how am I going to communicate with them? How am I going to charge them? And when am I going to charge them? And what am I charging them for? <laughs> and what do I actually want to produce? Um, and then from there, you know, you go to another stage, which is like, wow, okay, now I've got clients. And now I want to figure out how I work more with my ideal clients. That client I did my most my best work with. Why did I do my best work with them? Yeah. Who do I need to now work with to do these more complicated designs? You know, so I started making networks and vendors and other people, you know, like electricians and plumbers and masons and everything that I would need to do these more complex, you know, holistic designs. Because as I got into it, that's where that's where I went. You know, I wanted to deliver value. So I wanted to, to make something that actually was holistic and, and solve the problem on a holistic level. So that's a, that's another phase, right? And then you go through a phase where you're like, okay, well, now I want to hire people, but now I got to convince them. Now I got to sell to them. <laughs> now I got to, I can't always sell the designs to my clients, but I got to sell my employees and say, this is why we do this process. You know, this is how we communicate. This is what our brand is. And this is what we do. And that was a whole nother learning curve. I remember, I remember just going through this process of like trying to figure out, oh my gosh, how do you actually, how do you get people to do what you ask them to do? Like, it's not that simple. Like you don't just go, go do this. You know, I want you to go to site and, you know, look at what, you know, the contractors are doing and give me feedback on that. It doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Like you have to develop a whole system of, of valuing them, right. And serving them and finding out why are they here? Why do they want to work with you? What are their long-term goals? What are their short-term goals? So that was like a whole nother learning curve of like, yeah. okay, you know, when you first start, you're just like, I'll hire employees and I'll tell them this is their job. And yeah, here's a shovel. <laughs> right. Exactly. Big hole. Exactly. You know, here's your job description. Yeah. And here you go. Go ahead and go do that. That's what you think, you know? Yeah. And it's not like that at all. So let's and go back to the beginning. Sarah, yeah. let's go back to the beginning. Yeah. So when sure. you started, mm -hmm. did you see another company operate that way? Or did you, like, I, I'm still trying to figure out how you leave molecular uh, biology studies yeah. and says, yeah. I'm going to, did you work with somebody? Did you start the business yourself? And then what type of work were you doing? Was it outdoor living? Was it plantings? Like, what were you doing? Explain that. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so when I got on the Landscape Advisory Task Force, there was already two companies that were 
that were basically doing proposals for remodeling the islands in our neighborhood. And I got involved in setting the standards. I already knew a lot about plant material. And I started working with them. And we got the, we got, we hired them. In the end, we hired them to do the islands. And I worked with them. So I worked alongside them. So I worked alongside their lead designer. I worked alongside um, the owner of that company. It's a big company. They have, you know, they have, I guess they're about as big as we are now. Um, So they had five crews, which to me was like huge at the time. And they have an amazing crew and a bunch of other crews. And so I watched um, how his business worked. And I, I don't know, I did what I always do. I connect with people and I'm a connector. So I just kind of really connected with them and I learned everything I could from them. And during that process, it was like 10 months or 11 months. I took a lot of notes and I was like, oh, well, there he's charging this much for designs and he's using this plant palette. And, oh, wow, this is how he's directing his crews and how he's, you know, moving them around. And through time, I actually ended up working with him. He would come to my, he would come to my office and he was like, can you organize my crews? And he would bring like his whole list of crews. And, you know, if I have all these projects, can you please like, you know, can you organize them? And I was like, this is a great opportunity. I can see like how you map out crews and how you plan that stuff. So I, I was in learning mode. I had a growth mindset from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I always am like thinking about how can I absorb? How can I connect people? How can I bring them together? So when I did went through that, I was like, I can do this. And after, you know, going through graduate school and some of the other challenges in my life, we might talk about, um, is that I knew that nothing's impossible. All you have to do is decide it's something you want to do. You decide yeah. you want to do it, do it. And the action itself brings you the clarity, right? You can, I mean, I could pontificate on how I'm going to start the business, how I'm going to start the business. Or I just take the action. And the first few clients, then I, you know, I, I try a process. And they're like, I'm confused. Then I change it, right? Yeah. Or if they're like, man, I love this. Then you're like, shh. Okay, got it. Yeah. Did you know so it was action. landscape or did you know it was going to be outdoor living when you first started? Did you, were you focused just on landscape or were you focused on outdoor focused living? I was focused on plants in the beginning. Okay. Because plants were what I knew. Plants were what I okay. knew. I, I had, I had built, I had done carpentry, I had done masonry, I had done all the trades myself, but I didn't know how to like bring them together. I didn't have the landscape architecture knowledge that I have now. You know, I didn't have any of that, but I knew that I loved outdoor spaces and I had a sense for the spatial organization and like what, what felt right outside, you know, and, and that came from just doing my own projects, you know, building pergolas and decks and, and patios and, and, and thinking about the spaces. But you have to start, I, I grew up in an architectural family where we like at dinner, we talked about view corridors, and like, you know, mm-hmm. like, so that the, the vocabulary was there. Like, I just didn't know it. It was just kind of hidden. Right. But I didn't have any, like, formal training or experiential knowledge to go with it. So all I had was kind of my gut. This feels right. This is right. But after a few projects, man, clients would say, oh, our space is so beautiful, but it also feels so functional. Like when we flow through it, where you place the patio and the size of it and the functionality of it, all of those things started to slide in as I started taking action, right? But I digress because you really asked me, like, how did you make that leap? Right. And it's yeah. seeing other people doing it and realizing that I could do it 
And then I just made the leap. I've always had a lot of courage, which sometimes gets me in a lot of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the definitions, some of these defined words, I actually learned from you, uh, from you talking to me, talking to you. But if somebody was, say somebody's listening and they're a young designer, they're coming up and they want to learn words like um, view corridor, or uh, there's some other words you use about... um, the, the, the natural traffic flow pattern or some other stuff about the golden ratio. Uh, there's yeah. things about, um, yeah. there's ones that I actually use a lot is lines of force. Where would yeah, this young new, <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. would this young new up and coming designer learn these lingos and learn these words and where would mm-hmm. they get this information from? Well, I studied a lot in the traditional textbooks and most of that because I had gone through college, I'd gone through graduate school. So I knew how to study, right? And I knew that there's pieces of information there. There's there's vocabulary, there's lingo there that I can use. And they use slightly different language. You can mold it to your own, right? Because we're all like, if we're in this industry, we all are creative and we're all problem solvers. So that means we're looking for ways to sort of creatively piece things together. And so when I was reading about from landscape architects, you know, in these traditional books you know about these things it was you know views from inside out it was mass of the house you know and and i took those and then started coming up with my own names now the other thing you can do though is and this is really powerful is you pick a few landscape architects or designers that you really admire right and and i did a, a a combination um, of people that I admired. I did architects, I did, um, you know, uh, landscape architects, I did designers that never had, you know, an official degree, but had been really successful. I picked a couple and then I followed them. I followed what they were posting, um, their websites, you know, I looked at their, you know, their publications. And in that is, is the lingo. Like I followed Julia Maservi for a while and I was really fascinated with her work and I still am. And one of the things she would say is, I want to build a wall with voluptuous curves, right? And she had found that that worked for her. And I found that so intriguing because the language we use in design is powerful. It communicates so much more than just the lines put on the paper. So if you're a designer starting off and you want to learn some of this stuff, it's so easy to just Put on your growth mindset hat and like pick a few people that you just totally admire, start following them and then pay attention to the lingo that they're using. Um, And then Norman Booth writes a great standard book in landscape architecture, which I use for design. Um, And that's just the, it just, it just says landscape architecture principles. And it has a lot of the tenets, you know, of design, which are taught in a lot of different platforms. Yeah. So a lot of so, our, that's, yeah. that's really cool. It's amazing how, you know, how that all flows yeah. together and how you can create your own vernacular <laughs> out of everything, you know, you speak about, you yeah. can take your, some words you read and then make your own twists and yeah. throw them out there. And all of a sudden you yeah. own that, which is really cool. And you see here, yeah. other people are using those terms and you're like, holy shit, I'm making a dent in here. This is pretty cool, you know, and they're, yeah. they're getting it and it's fun and all that stuff. But, um, so obviously, uh, we, we hear your background, we understand your background, you get into this outdoor yeah. living field. Um, where, you know, where did you get your business sense from? Like, how has that worked with a very much a visionary personality? Like, how does that all meld together? How does, how oh, does that wow. come to that's, life? 
That's a that's a great question. <laughs> you know that that came to to life through the passion I had for it. Like I wanted to succeed. It's like a, it's kind of like the Spartan race. Like I want to finish the half marathon. I want to I want to I want to still be in business in three years. Mm. So I better learn everything I can about business and how to run a business. Yeah. And I'm going to do that by you know success leaves clues. So I'm going to network. And so for me, you know, APLD, you know, the Association of Professional Landscape Designers and other associations like it, the Contractors Association in here in Colorado. And I even joined the ASLA to talk to like-minded people. How are you running your business? What are you doing? What's the size of it? How did you start it? What processes did you use? And early on, I ran into Chris Heiler and Jody Shelon, legends in the field. Chris Heiler had run his own business and he started this thing called landscape leadership. And he had a bunch of processes on there and he had never been part of APLD, but this is part of the networking journey, right? Like if you're open to information, like it's all out there. And one thing I learned as a creative person is you don't need to reinvent the wheel. That's what I did at first. You know, I'd be like, ah, oh, I can do that better. I'm going to make a better process and do it better and all this stuff. But now that I'm on the other end of it with a number of partners and a much bigger business, I realize that there's a reason why a process is a process is a process. Yeah. You can only get so and far without them. So, yeah. So yeah. I ran into Chris Heiler and then Jody Sheelan was connected to Chris. And I started talking to him about his business. Like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Taking notes, just like I did when I was, before I left into the industry. And uh, Jody invited me to be on his radio show. I had just done like a, I don't know, a pool project. It was the biggest project I'd ever done. And uh, he was like, I want to, let's have a, let's do a radio show on that. And then I picked Jody's brain and he had a website for a while that had a lot of like processes and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I just say that like, you can get the business acumen just by being willing to be uncomfortable and know, like, you don't have to know the answer. You don't have to look like the person that knows everything. Just be like, well, how did you do that? What did you do? Ask the question. Yep. You know? Yeah. One of my biggest things is I always say it. <laughs> I always say it. I, I got to get some t-shirts, but proximity is power. It's yeah. who you're around. It's who you yeah. become, who you're around or who you become, who you're around, who you become. I mean, if you're around cousin Bootsy and all the cats <laughs> in the hood, that's what you're going to be. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. yeah, you're yeah. going to be slanging and smoking. You know what I mean? If you're around people who own airplanes, people go yeah. golfing, people travel, people run businesses, right? they're going to teach you how to do that. It's just who you are is who you become. Because it's comfortable. Power. It, it's comfortable. Yeah. If you stay like comfortable, you're really comfortable with the people you're around. It's like, oh, this feels really comfortable. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, but like most of the juice in life is in the uncomfortability. Yep. Like yeah. there's some great stuff that comes from comfortable and I have some great friends. I love being comfortable with. But if you're like, you want to like run your business and you want to do it passionately and you want to have a life well lived, all of it's in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause, cause Most what you think about yourself and what you're thinking is yeah. actually the world that you're creating. And here's one of the biggest hindrance too, is like you're saying, it's uncomfortable is yeah. a lot of times people don't realize that what you're thinking is only what you've seen. Yeah. You mean and what you know. Yeah. So what you have to do is you got to start getting away and meeting new people and talking to people, going to different environments and playing the same, doing different things to start feeding more knowledge into your brain. So now you can start creating, you mean, a better life and, and something better. Like uh, one of the things I used to saw growing up in churches, you would see the same people sitting on the same pew every single Sunday. And like 
I, I like I don't want to talk about, it, but I know nothing was going anywhere in that light. They were just sitting right. there every you mean, and they right. don't go anywhere. They don't do anything. They wait for next Sunday and right. do it again. You know what I mean? Like right. so there's no experience. Right. Yeah. You don't, get it, you don't get those different perspectives that then suddenly your mind goes, wait, oh, my gosh, like all this comes together for yeah. me in this unique way. Um, and you just get the same perspective over and over. But it's so true what you say about your mind, because yeah. what we say inside is based on the visual experiences we've had. Now, if you don't have any of those perspectives, it's like you never saw it. Yeah. So you can't think it. I don't know. Some of that imagine. shit I say inside, I might get arrested. Right? <laughs> if you guys heard what my mind thinks about that all day, like, arrest him now. <laughs> Lock him up. <laughs> Lock him. him now. He's not doing the right thing. No. <laughs> Lock him up now. <laughs> oh, is that what you're talking yourself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. I've been so many times when I'm like, Sherry, oh, just go home. Yeah, lock him up. Yeah, we <laughs> can have him on the streets. Mental the shit he's talking about in his brain, we can have him on the streets. <laughs> yeah. What do they say about introverts is that one of the reasons that they have such a hard time socializing is that they've got so much going on inside. They've got so many thoughts going on, rattling around, yeah. right? And, and things that they're thinking about, it's like, well, where do I start? You yeah. know, believe it or not, I don't believe in intro. I don't believe in a person being an introvert or an extrovert. Here's what I believe. I believe it's the shit that they've told themselves and somebody told them an introvert can get their asses outside and go meet people and shake hands, and an extrovert can sit inside and get some work done too. It's what they've told themselves and now they want to believe it. And now they want to make that happen for them. I don't believe in it, so don't get mad at me and hit me with the <laughs> introvert extrovert police or or the ADHD yeah. police. Like you know, Dwayne, I have it too. Like you know, I'm gonna have watch Josh. I'm gonna have somebody send me an email. Like you know, I have ADHD, well, so don't talk about you, people like me. Like whatever, whatever, whatever you claim yourself to be. I mean, yeah, that's unfortunately, it. it gets yeah. used as an excuse. Like, hey, I'm an introvert, yeah. so I don't need to write. Or we're bullshit. Gonna, I totally yeah. get that. I bullshit. Don't think Labels yeah. are kind of BS. Now, you could be dominant. Like you can have a yeah. dominant introvert. You I mean you can you can oh, yeah. sort of be dominated by that, but that that doesn't have to be in control of your life. Like I'll let you go on this oh, yeah. this one too. But you know, yeah. I think like reading books. I read by um listen mm-hmm. to audiobooks, okay? Yeah. And I hear a lot of people say, I can't read audiobooks. Well, how many have you done? Okay. Yeah. And you don't, yeah. you didn't ask me how many that it took for me to read for me yeah. to understand. It's just like alcohol. We all remember the first time we drank beer. Yeah. That shit right. was nasty. Right. And yeah, coffee. Sure. That was nasty. Like yeah, remember, I can't like, even, I don't even understand why we're still drinking it. it now. Yeah. You looked at the person like, why are you drinking that? It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no. It, it makes sense. Um, I mean, you could couch it in different terms. You could say that, you know, there are times when you get fueled with energy and times when you feel drained of energy. And right. that's more being aware of your energy levels, right? And yeah. how you utilize them and how you express them and what you actually need. Like what fills yeah. you up and what energizes you, right? Yep. And that's really important in running a business because sometimes you get kind of focused on, oh, I'm just going to get this revenue. I'm going to get that revenue. I'm just going to do this task list. I'm going to get this product out. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> Where do I get the filling up here so that I can now fill up others? Right. So if my energy is low, I need to be aware of that. It's that internal mindset, that mental state, the mindset of, wow, 
I know it fills me up. If I do this, you know, I love podcasts. I love this. This fills me up, right? Doing content fills me up. So if I'm doing a certain amount of that, then I have all this energy now that I can share with my team, this positive energy with my clients, with mm-hmm. anyone who's doing work with me. And that's where I think this, this is because that spiritual game, right? It's yep. what are you bringing of value to people's lives? And if you can't bring the value to you inside without knowing those energy levels, then how can you bring that to anybody else? Yeah. Right? And where does that, where does that start for you? Like, when did that, did you come into the business with that mindset meant, um, or that's something that grew upon you? Cause, cause in the beginning, if you would have said that stuff to me three years ago, I'm like, I don't know what the hell you and Josh are talking about, you know, <laughs> like, so where does it, where does it happen? You know? Yeah. It, it, and the fires of hell. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree no, with that. Like, yeah. there, there's some truth to that shit too. There yeah. is, no, no there doubt. Is. Yeah. You, you have to suffer through. For me, the journey was suffering through very difficult um, relationships within the business, right? But there's a lot of different ways that can happen for people. It can happen from different relationships with employees they hire that are conflictual. And you have to kind of work through your own inner, inner, you know, your inner conflict with all those things. And how do I, how do I still run a business? And the thing about running a business that I think is such an interesting journey with the energy piece that you're asking about, how do you get that mindset is that you actually have to move through the pain. You have to be in a point where you really don't know what to do. You have nowhere to turn. You feel like there is no other answer and the doors are going to close in three days and something inside you shifts. It's like the must-do moment. I've got to do something with the information I have, the tools that I have available to me now. What is that? And something shifts. And the, the thing about running a business is you're so determined to stay with the pain that you move through it. Hmm. Right? If you weren't running a business, it'd be like, well, heck no, I'm not going to do that. This is painful. Like This is uncomfortable. I don't like this conversation. I don't like how I feel. I'm just going to leave. But now if my paycheck is tied to that and my, my, my ego or my self-worth or whatever that is, right. Where I'm like, no, I really want to do this. Now I'm going to stay in it. I'm going to stay in the pain and move through it. And when I get to the other side, I'm going to realize that I'm way stronger than I realized. And I'm way more resourceful than I realized, but it comes from that. It comes from digging into that. Well, into that fire. And I had a, I had a relationship like that. I had a, it was one of the first employees I hired. He was, um, uh, he was very uh, much a bully. And so I didn't realize it at first and I was really enthusiastic. And this is something you can deal with on all different levels of the business. And I've dealt with many since, right? Come, come and gone through the business. But having it been one of the first ones and I was trying to figure out in my stage of business, like, hey, you know, I was trying to figure out how to do the processes and how to inspire people. And I was really positive. And I was like, hey, I was going to do these things and I'd elevate people. And this particular employee would just tear me down and tear me down and tear me down. And at first I thought, you know what? If I can do this, if I can survive this or I can handle this, I'll be stronger than ever. And when I went through that sort of that piece and actually came out the other side, I studied. I did the same thing I did with my business. I learned everything I could about conflictual relationships. And then I learned everything I could about my own inner demons, like my own inner world, like what was going on for me that there was actually a hook there. 
someone could actually hook me with that. When they said that, that I was now, I was emotionally engaged because if I want to be a really effective leader and I need to be, to be an effective business owner and have impact, then I need to know what's going on inside here and resolve all those things. So I ended up like taking that and going, okay, well, I'm going to journal um, every night and every morning. I'm going to read everything I can on this. I'm going to try everything. And I tried all kinds of things. I did uh, Brene Brown's Brave Leadership. I did mm-hmm. I did team rumbles. I mean, I, I did all this stuff. But out of that struggle, going through the fire came my strength and my mindset. Because it's like having the experiences. Did you ever learn how to control the bulliness or you had to get him out? Oh, yeah. Like I, I ironically, I use the tools a lot now on, on very different people. Um, bullies that have come through and bullies that we work with. Unfortunately, in construction, there's a lot of bullies. You know, yeah. it's just it's an environment where there's a lot of like that. I think Josh is a bully. He's a bully. You just have a lot of vendors that are like, that's the way they run their business. It helps them to set boundaries. but It's just not a very healthy way to do it. Right. And so it's a lot yeah. easier to show up and just be mad and push people around and get what you want. But so I developed a lot of tools in that scenario. And one of the, the critical ones for me that I still use in, in my leadership now with partners and a big team is separating out the emotion from what's being said and reading between the lines. And that tool of being able to see a 360 degree view of not what's being said to you, but what you know from all your multiple perspectives and what's underneath the line, right? Um, that that skill came from that, um, you know, that very difficult relationship. And I was in that for three years and struggled through it. And it almost destroyed my business and it almost destroyed my passion for everything I did. But by going through that process and coming out the other end and figuring out how to, one, get him removed from the business and out of the business and then actually heal my whole team from the ground up. That was a whole nother inner, inner journey, right? Like, how do I heal? Them. How do I heal myself? How do I, you know, how do I have self-forgiveness? How do I pick up the baton again? How do I reframe this? How do I use the things that I faced as tools to be successful in the future? I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. And if you don't go through the fire, you never feel the heat. And if you just think about it, read about it, pontificate on it, right? It's all these things. But until you've been through it physically and it is it is viscerally part of your human body or even your mind at that point, then only then can you actually get your hands on it and start really holding on to that horse. Right. And and that's where we like when we and I look at people I admire, you know, it's like they've been through the fire in different ways. Like they've yep. been through something that they felt it in their body and they, they had to have that moment where something just went choo, 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 click, you know, yep. like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to fight. I got a question for both of you guys. Okay. Yeah. Do okay. you feel you have to go through the fire or no. can we, can we start learning and using the knowledge that we have now since it's available to avoid the fire? And this for both. Yes and no. I think you have to have some level of experiencing it to really have an awareness that it's necessary. You have to have the have to moment. Uh If you've already experienced a have to moment, then you can actually not have to go through the fire again when you have a similar struggle with something completely different. 
you go, oh, you know, huh, I kind of recognize that. Huh. You know what I need to do is I actually need to look at all the different perspectives and decide what's the most important thing for me right now. What is the thing that I really want to move forward? And if that doesn't happen, I'm going to feel like my life is not a life well lived or not. Do you have to sort of insert um, a have to moment, right? So instead of going through the fire, having been through it, you can actually sort of voluntarily put a have to moment on it Hmm. by the language that you use in your own mind, right? So, and that's all mindset. So if I have something that I'm really struggling with, even now, you know, I do struggle with a lot of things. So it's like, I need to get a project out and maybe I don't feel as inspired with that particular project or there's a particular detail I'm struggling with. I'll insert a have to moment into that into that moment and it'll be like all right so three days from now when i have to face the client or i have to face the team and i don't have that done what am i going to feel like and then i do that with you know with the interpersonal relationships too right so like you know in business you always have like people you know you know they'll come and you'll give them you'll you'll support them you'll elevate their lives you'll give them everything you know you'll give them their knowledge all that and then you always have you know an employer or two where they'll just quit without notice you know and all of a sudden you're like you know you're like you know you just feel you know you feel angry you feel hurt you're like I give you so much you know and then it's like how do I insert a have to moment here so I can be the leader I want to be it's like okay so if I go down that road of how I'm feeling right and I don't separate out my emotion and I'm not the leader I want to be and I end on being calm and pointing out how what they're saying is really not what really happened and then try to elevate their lives as they leave so that's the leader I want to be. I say, what's that going to look like in three days when the rest of my team has heard what I've said to this employee when they left? How am I going to feel in that moment? That's my have to moment. Okay, then I have to be the leader that I want to be. So you can avoid going through the fire if you can, don't forget the tough stuff in your life. Don't forget it. It's a 360 view. Take every tough moment you've ever had and use that as a tool for your have to moments. Yep. I love that. And, you know, Goggins, he says yeah. it best when he says that, uh, you know, it, it's called cookies in your cookie jar. The stuff that doesn't kill you <laughs> yeah. or gets really close to killing you, right? Those that are cookies, you put them in the cookie jar and when shit hits a fan and you are just maxed out physically, mentally, whatever, yeah. you look back, you look in that cookie jar and you pull it out, obviously figuratively here, uh, you pull it out and you look at it and you're like, shit, I've done things three times worse <laughs> than that. I'm, I'm still going to keep cruising, but it's being able to dig deep. And you, you asked Dwayne about how do you have to go through the fire? And I believe you do in order to get the intensity for, for whatever subject you're working on or whatever struggle you went through, the intensity comes from the knowing that you can kill this. It's, you know, it's the fear typically is what grips a lot of people and what uh, takes up so much space in their minds when they're thinking about, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to do What happens if I fail? What would people say? These kinds of things. If you take that out of it and you realize that if you, you know, just take the fear side out because you have this understanding that you know that no matter what, you will persevere. You will not give up on yourself, no matter what. And maybe it's not the same direction you planned on going, but eventually you'll get to that end. Even if it's not the way you think it's going to happen, you just have a knowing because you know you will not give up on yourself. That's the end of it. And and everyone that's counting on you as well, they're second nature. First, you've got to make sure that you're keeping numero uno in, in check mentally and physically so that you can be that 
for other people and be there and serve them at that highest level. But through the fire puts you in a position in your mind. And I know every one of us has been through it. And it, it puts that power in you that, you know, you know what? You can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. That's can't the bottom me. line. Yeah. 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 So true. We keep proving it to ourselves by doing events like Spartans <laughs> and like running marathons and, and, you know, all these different things, boxing and flying. Like you keep pushing yourselves to the you limits. Of, I don't know if I can do this. Right. I don't know yeah. if I can do this. I mean, Dwayne's taking his test now and studying and studying for, you know, his pilot's license. Can I do it? I'm sure it's in the back of his head. I know, you know, and now at boxing or running, there's times that I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And when you're like, shut the fuck up and keep going. The next thing you know, an hour later, you're like, it's done. Holy shit. I didn't know I could do this an hour ago. And I just did it. Yeah, just go to flight school. You'll put a lot of shit in your cookie jar. <laughs> You'll put a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? You stall that plane one time and it's not coordinated and that left wing rolls and you drop about 500 feet. You know what I mean? Yep. In a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. You, um, now we're talking about fear. You'll have a lot of shit in your cookie jar. <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah, you're trying to land and the wind is blowing sideways and you can't straighten it up to, to, yeah. to get down and you got to go up and come back around and you can't do it again. You got to go back up and come back around and then yeah. the second time you go back up you hit a whole bunch of turbulence on the way up yeah you'll see you'll get a bunch <laughs> of shit in your cookie I, jar I, I, I love that because isn't flying just an analogy for exactly what you have to do yeah i hate yeah. it as much to as i love it it's the same amount of love and fear yeah. Yeah. Like it really, it creates yeah. more fear in me that I think uh, beyond military fear. I've been so afraid in the airplane that my back hurt actually when I land, like it, mm. it's it fear to my spine, but yeah, yeah, I'll turn right back around. Let's do it again. Well, because in conquering your fear, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I had to, I that's had to the other conquer, side of life. I had to conquer yeah. my fear with this, you know, with this, with this relationship that I was in, um, within the business and it was just an employee, but he could instill fear, you know, he could instill fear for me. I like how you use the word and relationship. Was it yeah. a relationship or was it an employee? Like, how and are you using this? No, I mean, okay, but okay. It's dope how you that, use that though. Yeah. The thing we have to realize is that every, every like relationship that we have, like friendships, hmm. uh, partnerships within the business, you know, our romantic partnerships, our friendships, they're all relationships, hmm. every single one of them. And so that's when I say, you know, I'm in a relationship and I always clarify for people, this is not a romantic relationship. This is a business relationship and it was a boss and employee. And that's where people go, oh, why didn't you just fire him? Well, it's not that simple, is it? Because it's not that simple to run a business either. You're passionately going after something. And what happens is you get attached to the idea that that's the only way that you can do it. No, I need to have someone with this skill set. I need to have a construction crew member that has carpentry skills, or I need to have a foreman that has organizational skills, or I need to have a project manager that has all of this experience. And without that, I can't succeed. And that's actually where we go awry. That's the lesson that I learned that I write down on my 360 almost every day. Don't yeah. get stuck in the attachment to the idea that that's the only way that you can succeed. Yeah. Did, did you do any uh, crew no. work? Did you work with crews and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, did you so work? One of, the, yeah. one of the early stages I did design only. And then I worked with what I call strategic partners, which were basically mm -hmm. like, you know, they were construction crews that were already self-made, right? They already had their, you know, their two guys that worked with them and they led it and they did everything. And I would integrate with them with the design and I'd have, I would do all the proposal for them. I do the build proposal because I learned all the, I know about pricing that way. And, uh, and then they would build it. And then I would come and I would oversee it. 
now, now I'm, you know, and then I started having my own internal crews and I started training people and working with them and developing all the processes in the business to allow working with crews and for them to have the information they need to build these designs, these amazing designs that we create now. Um, and so it's a different level, right? Yeah. And, and now I have business partners and that's a whole nother level because it's like leading leaders and the leaders are leading me. Yeah. See, one, one of the difference that I had was I had, uh, I used to work on, I started just with my bare hands. Like I didn't start design. I didn't really get into this design world fully until yeah. like eight years ago. I've been in 20 yeah. years. So, um, I, I don't know if it was the Marine Corps in me, cause I was probably lightweight and asshole in the beginning, but yeah. I would wipe out the whole staff. Like if there was some shit that was popping off that I did not like, yeah. I would wipe everybody out and I would come home. My wife would be like, what the fuck did you just do? I'm <laughs> what like, happened to your team? <laughs> I'm like, they're gone. And she was like, why? I was like, the way they did this, they were smoking. They were doing, she say, babe, but who's going to work tomorrow? I'm like, well, I'll figure it out. And one of the things that I had was, is I was never yeah. going to let anybody hold me hostage on my business and my operation. Yeah. And yeah. I would wipe the whole crew, like not, mm -hmm. no joke. Like I, I walk up at a job site one day and three guys were smoking weed in my truck. Yeah. You mean like I pull up and they're weed belling out my truck. This is a funny story. I actually walked up to the truck. I was so distraught and it was actually one of the real high end neighborhoods that my butt got in. So I was like blown away. I walked up to the truck. I actually hit the blunt. Like I was so pissed. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I hit the blunt. We got all the work done. And as soon as the work got done, I told everybody, don't come back. That was it. And my wife was like, what in the world? She's like, you can't fire everybody. I said, they're yeah. not going to hold me hostage. I'll finish it. I'll figure it out. But I right. told them don't come. And they're smoking in my truck, too. Like, don't do that. I told them don't do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. thanks for letting me hit the blunt. You know what I mean, so I could like get my <laughs> head calm. But they had to go, man. I couldn't I yeah. can't do that. So I guess that was the difference is that I, yeah. I guess I have the relationships with them, but they know there's like um it's a business. It's we're going to operate this business. We're going to take care of clients. Well, you if you're not do doing that, right? you got to go. Yeah. But that old adage, you know, hire slowly, fire quickly. You know, yeah. people got to laugh at that. And it's like, yeah. no, actually it's true. Because yeah. even like now we have a team of 25 and we just had like two guys. They were on our teams. We have five crews and, you know, we showed up and they were vaping, but they were vaping, you know, marijuana, which is legal, but not in on our job sites. And we had made it very clear. We have no tolerance policy. And we're like, we're sorry, you're gone. And, you know, they got really upset because they were like, well, we're part of the team and we're da da da. And it's like, no, not today not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. but if you don't, it's like, if you don't take that action at, at either, then your, your whole team sees you as not, not really caring about the environment and like everything yeah. falls. I don't know if you guys read yeah. Tipping Point, but Max and Blowwell talks about this in Tipping Point. It's like, you know, if you're not taking care of like the subways and where they're, you know, if there's all this graffiti and there's all this trash and nobody else is taking care of it. But well, that's the problem we got right now in America. Yeah. Right. But yeah. If, if it's taken care of, everybody takes care of it. And that's the thing with your business culture. You can't turn your a blind eye to what's going on. And that's the other part of 360 and getting multiple perspectives. As soon as you start hiring employees, you have to do that, Dwayne. Like you have to, sometimes you have to clear out the room because it all becomes this culture. You have to get a, a, a good solid group. And then from that solid group, then you, you, you build from that. But yeah. you, you, it's not like you never have those problems again. You always do. And now you have less time to deal with it. You've got to make a decision quickly. You've got to stand in your values. You've got to promote your values and you've got to do that with the people you're leading so that they can lead others. Cause now you can't touch everyone in the company. 
Yeah. So it's like, no, you got to do that quick. Like make quick decisions, you know? Yeah. There's That's the hard part about running a business. Nobody really knows what it takes. It's challenging. Yeah. People yeah. are really like, oh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. We'll have chocolate and all that. Exactly. Everybody wants that big company. They want that big company. And they're like yeah. running out. Of, like, yeah. I see it. Like, these guys are in the trucks. Mm-hmm. And I was that guy. I'm sitting in the trucks. And it's just me yeah. or, more, or one other guy. Yeah. And you're dreaming yeah. about having that big company. And, yeah. and then you finally get stuff moving. And you got operations going. And you got hundreds of thousands <laughs> of dollars flowing through the bank yeah. account. You're like, holy shit. What did I just do? Like, you know what I mean? How did I get here? <laughs> yeah, now what? Yeah, now what? God, yeah. But what's oh, interesting God. in business and life, you know, you get what you tolerate. It's right? so the, true. the longer you tolerate yeah. something, the more of that you're going to get. And the, the second you put your foot down and say no more, yeah, you're now back in control. And it's tough. I mean, to Sherry's point, it's tough when you have people that are part of a team and you're like, who am I going to find that can do this? It works so well right now. It's like an old shoe yeah. that fits, but it's not good for running. It's not good for hiking, but it's it kind of works. And sometimes you stub your toe and it hurts more because the front of the whatever. You know what I mean? So the thing is yeah. that you just get used to it and, and you get comfortable with it. And then it's like, I got to make a move here, but I don't want to because I don't know what else to do. And it, yeah. And then add the abusive side to it as well. And that could be a whole nother mental game because then you're like, well, oh, is yeah. he right? Is he wrong? Like, should I be a better leader? And you start going through all this head trash because to, to Sherry's point, I mean, we all face that. We all face it as leaders. Am I doing the right job? Am I really leading my people best? What else do I need to work on inside of me so I can help lead them more? And, right. you know, yeah. people like that bring it out of you and you're like, oh, crap, he might be right. She might be right. What the hell? And if you aren't <clears throat> truly rooted in a good, solid foundation in who you are, again, putting yeah. the oxygen mask on yourself first, understanding who you are, what your why is, yep. what keeps you running in this crazy world we call business, right? But once yeah. you know that and lock that down, then it's like everything just bounces off you. It's like, there's no, you can say whatever yeah. you want. I know who I am. This does not work. <laughs> you know, you, right. no matter you what, your you words right don't mean shit here. Right yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't exactly. hook you. It doesn't have a yeah. hook anymore. Hooks you know, are broken. You, you, you're so solid in here. You know what your values yep. are. You know how, you know, I know I'm a value. Yep. Um, and it doesn't, yeah, it's funny now that you say that a lot of, so my partners that I, that I work with a couple of them, there's been a couple of scenarios where, you know, you get into a scenarios where, you know, maybe a client's upset, you know, with your work all the time, like, or they're happy with your work. Um, and there's these little hooks, you know, that happen where clients are trying to kind of, in a way, they're just trying to emote, you know, or express their feelings. But it used to hook me all the time. Yeah. And then I did all this inner work. And now it's like, I was like, wow, how did you stay so calm during that? You know, and yep. it's <laughs> what you're talking about, like knowing yeah. your worth, facing your yep. fears, you know, but also just having that sense of, no, these are my values. This is what I stand for. And I'm not going to tolerate that. I'm not even going to give it a moment's notice. Why would I give it energy? Because if I give it energy, then I'm saying it's worth something. Yeah, exactly. But that takes a lot of self-worth, like self-confidence in your game. And I think, you know, when I started in business, I had no idea for sure. Like that, that was that was the piece, you know, that was the journey. And then you hear so many business owners. I mean, Tom Billy of Impact Theory, you know, is super mm-hmm. successful. And he talks about that. Oh, that's my bro. Yeah. Like yeah. mindset yeah. and how like you you have to go through that, you know? You do. And then once you go through that, you're like, yeah. Yeah, I got it. You know, I got it. Just like you talked about earlier about going through the fire, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be obviously a physical fire or some kind of thing in your business. It can be you just Mm -hmm. discovering who you are in your own life, 
what yes. you'll stand for, what you do stand for, what you'll tolerate, what you won't tolerate. And some people get pushed around their entire lives because they just want to please others and make sure that they look good and that they're standing up and, and, yep. and looking like they're supposed to, like they were told by their parents or taught by society. But once you break away from that and find your own inner worth and own inner yeah. wisdom, dude, you're unstoppable because just to, to Sherry's point, when somebody says something and I've had to develop this over the last five years or so, and it's, it's incredible now where I think back things that clients would say, or people would say in the past would sit in my head for days or weeks, yeah. just like rumbling around yeah. like a can down an alley, like constantly jumping up. But were they right? Were they not right? Yeah. Is it true? And it's like, dude, seriously, it hits me now. Like I've got this bulletproof vest on. It just bounces right off. I'm like, dude, I know that's not true. There's just no right. way that's possible. And so, then you don't give it any time. Yeah. You, you just don't. It's like gone. Yeah. Out. See, like, yeah. See, I just walk on fire. You know, fuck it. I just get bare feet. <laughs> We've all I just get bare feet and just walk on it. You know what I mean? And just, just boo boo. And I slow down now. Just look around. Like you see me walking on this shit. Like <laughs> cool moss, cool moss, cool yeah, moss. Cool moss. Yeah, go ahead and, you yeah. go ahead and pause for two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. walk on. Oh. Like, just sit there and smell the burning feet. It's great. Yeah. No, <laughs> but, it, but it's going through those, going through those events that really, you know, yeah. solidify and and uh, and make that that center rock solid. So, you know, mm -hmm. I believe you say three sixty. I think that every every situation has three sides. Every coin has three sides. You've got top, bottom, and the middle. If you look at it from the third angle, and that yeah. really gives you a different perspective. You look at both sides, and then you make a decision based on your own common sense, your own life experience, and then you move forward with that. That's how I like to see it, right? But so often yeah. people want to be part of a team. So they'll stay, oh, I'm going to just, whatever my friends are doing is what I'm going to do. The problem yeah. is you're robbing yourself of your own dignity. Once you stand on your own ground and say, hey, the right friends will admire me or will maybe not admire, but they will respect what I'm saying and they will stay be around because we're all the same mindset. Right. Yeah. They'll be attracted to that energy. That, that exactly. Then then you actually have it, yeah. you know, yourself surrounded by people. But if you're yeah. it's in business, no different with partners or whatever in business right. that if you aren't, you know, vibing at the same rate, it's it's going to eventually just flatten right out. You know, it's just not going to work. You know, so it's, right. it's really the same vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Knowing your value, realizing that your value does not underlined boldface come from anybody else. Your value is an internal thing that you have to mm -hmm. find and discover. And then from there, you can let it out. It is not what other people say, what they do, any of that bullshit. That stuff's yeah. outside yeah. coming in. It yeah. Life is from inside out. You need to develop that inside, invest in the inside game and then everything outside changes. You know, some of my team asked, I love that, Josh, because that's exactly you hit it right right yeah. it comes from inside and some of my team asked well if it comes from inside then how do you how do you do that like how do you stop worrying about what other people think and how do you how do you not look for that affirmation and what if i don't feel secure how do i cultivate that you know yeah. it's like well it's it's a really really good question it's a hard one it's different for everybody yep yeah. um but what I've come to understand is exactly what you're talking about, which is that you have to know the things that you struggle with, the things that hook you emotionally. And then you have to ask why, why does that hook me emotionally? Well, it used to be that um, I used to be hooked emotionally when someone would, <clears throat> would actually question my competency level. Right. And I started asking myself, why is that? Well, that's because I actually know inside that I don't know everything that I'd like to know about something, right? I actually know that I'm not as competent as I'd like to be. So how do I actually fix that piece so that I'm not hooked by it anymore? 
I build more competency. I get more perspectives. I, I go to where I feel that I have the least competency and I build that competency set. And I start to build this platform that I can stand on that now becomes this inner game that I know I'm valuable. And so I had my team draw a grid and I was like, all right, let's start a grid, okay? All these different parts in your life where things maybe you don't feel are balanced out, you know, maybe one's a mutation like work and then maybe family and hobbies like your airplane flying or other things. How can you solidify those things within your life and do more of them so they're more balanced, right? More energy balanced, not necessarily time balanced, right? But that way, building this solid platform where you don't get hooked by that stuff, you start building that character inside of your own value. Yeah. Because you don't question it yourself, right? Like if yeah. you're questioning yeah. it, then that's the problem. You're going to get hooked by it. Yeah. But people ask, you know, how, how can you break out of that mindset? And, and, you know, I'm not going to go too far in this. We had to wrap up here, Sherry, but yeah. uh, I'm mean, I could go on for days like this. You know, know that we can have these conversations. Yeah, we do um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll come back for uh, round two. Uh, but most of my life, uh, all the way up till about five years ago, I struggled with that exact thing where I was, mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't realize it. I, I kept wondering why my confidence wasn't where I wanted it to be and why other people were winning and I wasn't winning and all of these kind of things. And I'd blame it on a hundred yeah. different things. But at the end of the day, when I started doing the inner work, what I found is the fact that I relied on other people's opinions of myself and my work and of, of everything to try to fill a bucket that I didn't know even existed, right? It was just this idea that the, I needed more and more of their approval for me to feel more uh, happy within myself. And right. the problem is as soon as that would stop or it would change, my emotion would change and I'd be looking like an addict for more of it. How else can yeah. I do stuff in order to make sure these people like me so that I can get the, the, the affirmations I need from them so I can continue to be like, like I have an oxygen patient that's looking for an oxygen tank all over the place as opposed to just making my own. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. so crazy how that was so much part of my life. And until I did the inner work, went through that fire and dug through physically and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. I've done a lot of firewalks, but anyway, the point is, and I've divorced that idea through firewalks, a yeah. 30 footer I did in Fresno. Uh, I let that one go and I'll never forget that feeling that just let off my shoulders when I said, yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I don't need their approval to be happy in my life. I need yeah. to figure out how to build that happiness within me so that when I, I can generate that, like I'm on my own little generator of energy here and I can do that, but it's all through the mind side of things and constantly putting yourself in front of things, different situations that normally would scare the hell out of you and just facing them straight yeah. on and killing yeah. them. And then yeah. you build that confidence knowing that no matter what, you're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. You might not know a path now. Hell, I might not know a path in 15 minutes of what's going to happen, but I know 100% sure that I will get through this and I will figure it out. My team, myself, my family, whatever, we will yeah. always win. And that's to, to know that deep down inside of you takes that internal work. It takes that mindset work. But man, once you're released, we all feel it. We know it here in the podcast, right? But once you're released, yeah. holy shit, life is different. It's a whole nother level. It's so different, yeah. And then the so, thing is you go after more things. That you're, yeah. you're like, you know, Spartan If I can do yeah. that, I can do that, that too. That's yeah. just always held me back. And why not do this? Why the hell you think I'm boxing? Right. It's something <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to do, but I was scared of. And I'm like, screw right. that, dude. That's the next frontier. 
I yeah, gotta get in a ring with somebody and I gotta get my ass kicked and I gotta kick some ass. <laughs> and at 43 years old, most people are trying to go the other way. And I'm like, hell no, I'm going wide open because this no. thing is holding me back. I know it's holding me back. So I that's how that. I, I do Gosh, it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's, Thank you. That's beautiful. Cool. Well, guys, we can go on for, for months with this subject for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to do a version two here and have Sherry back on. But so, <laughs> Sherry, how do people find you? I mean, I really love everything we, we chat about, but how can people yeah. find you, what you're working at over there at TLC yeah. and just in general? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a website, go to tlcgardens.com. And we have a blog on there. We'll be launching a podcast called On Solid Ground in the next couple of weeks. Nice. And you can find us there. We're also on Instagram. Our handle is underscore TLC Gardens. And I can send all this to your, you know, your listeners and all of that. Cool. Um, so you can find us on Instagram. We're on Facebook and all social media outlets. That's the best way to get a hold of us. And then if you'd like to shoot a question to me directly, you can send a question to CS at TLC Gardens. Cool. Awesome. Sherry, it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation as every single time. And uh, I really hope the listeners got something from this and guys and gals out there, you know, if anybody thinks that you get into business and you just figure it all out by reading a couple of books and you don't get your hands dirty or something like that, I tell you, you got a big, you got a big surprise coming because all of us have been through the, the, you know, through the fire in order to get to where we are right now. And we made a lot of bad decisions and a lot of really good ones. And, you know, it's just a matter of learning. I don't look at them at, at all as, as being, you know, failures. I look every single one of them as being a chance to learn. Yeah, and if you take those lessons and learn and grow from them, you're going to find yourself in a much better position. If you want to constantly blame someone else for all of the problems and the struggles and the challenges, which are all gifts, if you're willing to just look at them and step on them and crush them and put them in the garbage, then you're never going to get very far. You've got to take those gifts, open them up and say, what does this have to teach me right now? Because every yeah. single one of them has something to teach you, not just about the situation, but about you. Yeah. And don't forget them. You know, I write them down. Exactly. Because it's easy to forget them. And then you it sure is. Them. So, yep. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, yeah, Sherry. So it's been a pleasure, guys right and gals, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Our goal is to reach, uh, you know, one to two million lives here in the next uh, five years to impact and empower out, you know, in the, in, in the world. And uh, so, you know, if you like what you hear here, tell your friends, uh, you know, if you can reach out, they can write a review for us or just tell them about the podcast. It'd be awesome. So we can continue to keep doing this and having great people on like Sherry and just keep spreading the word that, you know, mindset is really the key to taking your business from where it is now to where you want to take it. <laughs>